Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to a weekday devotion. This is Pastor Daniel. And this week, we're going to be tackling 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And so if you go ahead and be open up your Bible there, as we finished last week, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul ended uh, that kind of section of the letter with this statement. He says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? I come to you with a rod or with a love in the spirit of gentleness. And so he really sets up well here the next section, which we're about to go into, because this deals with a lot of sexuality. There's a sexual sin going on in the church of Corinth, and so he's going to navigate that. And he's going to navigate um, after that kind of looking at what the ideal view is of sex and marriage and relationships. And so we're going to move into kind of a new area. So Paul has dealt with the first major problem in the Corinthian church, and that was division. Now he's moving to the second problem, which is unrepentant sin and improper handling of unrepentant sexual sin in the church. And so he sets it up by talking about, look, the kingdom of God doesn't come with talk, but with power. And so he's about to trust in the power of God, the power of the gospel to deal with really one of the most powerful forces we face, definitely one of the most powerful experiences humans have, and that is the experience of sex. So let's read today. We're going to look at uh, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 as we start off our conversation this week. Verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated, even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. All right, so let's just dive right in here. So so here Paul is um, transitioning from this issue of division to this this one particular case of sexual sin, but that this one particular case is is really symptomatic of a bigger issue. And that's what we're going to dive into today and tomorrow. But looking at this, he says, look, I've heard reports. I've, I've gotten feedback. Someone has told me that you have a man who's a member of your church who is, who the word here, has his father's wife, which is a present uh, imperfect tense, which means it's an ongoing action. So he is having, is continuing to have his father's wife. So what does this mean? Well, there's several options here. Most scholars hold this definitely is not talking about, about like the Oedipus Rex where this guy is sleeping with his mom. Most likely what's going on here is his dad is a widower um, or divorced and has remarried, right? And so the the dad, and the dad may have died himself. We're not sure, but the dad, uh, the dad's wife is now sleeping with this man. And that most likely is this man's stepmom. So uh, a guy is sleeping with his stepmom in an, on an ongoing basis. And the way this sounds like it's an ongoing basis, they may even be living together, cohabitating. But it's definitely a big deal to Paul. Not only that this sin's going on, but notice what he says next, verse 2, and you are arrogant about it. This is the bigger problem. This is the bigger arena here that Paul is addressing, not just the fact that there is this man who's continuing in an unrepentant sexual sin lifestyle, but that he, not only is he arrogant about it, verse 2, it says, you are arrogant. And here this word you is a plural. And so what Paul is saying here is not that this man is just arrogant about it, although he definitely is, but that the entire church is. So let me ask you a question. What does that mean? What does it mean 
for a church to be arrogant about a person's sin in the church? Well, there's several options here. Um, one is that they're actually proud of this guy for being sexually promiscuous, uh, which could fit because later on we're going to see how Paul really gets onto this church because they kind of have abused the concept of grace and turned it into a license. So kind of like saying, oh, look at you, man. You're, you're making your grace work. You're, you're enjoying grace. Well, that's not what grace is all about. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, so we go on sinning so grace may abound. He says, may it never be. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? So that's that's not the truth. But that could be the thought process that maybe the Corinthians were having. Another possibility as to how they're being arrogant in this man's sin is that to, to approach this and say, well, gosh, who am I to judge? Uh, who am I to point a finger? Uh, who am I to call out someone's sin? Although that appears to be humility, what it's doing, it's tolerating sin and valuing the self over the other. So let me, let me unpack that a little bit. This is a very applicable thought process for our day and our, our time today in our culture, where we're told we need to tolerate everything and everyone. Um, well, let me ask, who does it help when you tolerate sin? It definitely doesn't help the person who is sinning. They're sinning against God himself, and they are going to reap the horrific consequences of their sin, as all of us do who don't repent. No, the only person that benefits when there is someone being tolerant is the person who's being tolerant. It benefits you. It's a selfish act because you don't want to have the conflict or... You don't want to offend someone because then they might not like you. Well, hey, here's the deal. And I say this with the utmost of love. Love shares the truth. It does so in a very loving, kind, and gentle manner, but love tells the truth. You know, what if, and let let me just give you a real-world situation. At our church in Nashville, once upon a time, we had a young lady that thought she was going to be the next American idol, right? She thought she was a great singer. The problem was she could not carry a tune in a paper sack, as the saying goes. She did not. She was not talented. Well, one day, unbeknownst to me, our worship guy had arranged for her to sing a solo on a Sunday night at church. And I get there, and the service starts, and all of a sudden she gets up and sings a solo, and it was horrible. I mean, it's it was just, I mean, she's a sweet, sweet young lady, sweet young lady. But everyone in that room just felt so awkward because it was so bad. Now, hear what happened there. Well, a worship leader, you know, was not loving her. He was loving himself. He let her get up there and sing as if to imply that she could. Instead of telling her the truth and saving her a lot of embarrassment and the church is that awkward um, moment. But he was looking out for him. He did not want to offend her. He was looking out for himself. So tolerance is really a selfish thing. If truth needs to be shared, we share it. But we do so in love. So perhaps that's what Paul is talking about. You're being arrogant instead of confronting this and putting this person out. Now, obviously, another arrogant approach is to be overly judgmental in a pharisaical way where we condemn someone to hell, so to speak, because of their sin. That could definitely go the other way, too, being too prideful, too arrogant. But here's the bottom line that Paul's getting at. There is a lack 
of humility and genuine love to try to restore someone. I'm reminded of what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6. He says, brothers, if any of you are overcaught or overtaken in sin, those who are spiritual should restore such a one in a spirit of love and gentleness, looking out for themselves so they also don't get tempted. That's a great counsel from the Word of God, from Paul to us. Those who are spiritual should restore. There's that call. Love seeks to restore. The church wasn't doing that in Corinth. They weren't doing what they should have been doing. They were being arrogant instead of being humble. So notice the big deal here. We're going to kind of get into this tomorrow just to whet your appetite. The, the sexual sin, although serious, is not the big deal. The bigger deal is the lack of repentance. We'll hit that tomorrow. I pray you walk tightly with Jesus today. Talk to you tomorrow.